with life, family, health, and finance pulling us in every direction, we lose connection to the real self and the intuitive voice that guides us forward. We leave our dreams behind and wonder why we're not living a better life. Welcome to the show that will put you back on the path that you need to be on. Welcome to Living the Best You with Janice Darrow. Through the guidance from Janice and her guests, our intention is that you'll be inspired and have greater clarity to live a more harmonious life. Now, here is Janice Darrow. Hi, my name is Janice Darrow, and I'm your host for Living the Best You, live internet radio at voiceamericaempowerment.com. And welcome to the show. I appreciate you a lot. Um, so I'd like to start out with a reflective exercise. Uh, I like to do this each time. So if you can close your eyes, and with a deep breath, just feel all the stress releasing with the exhale. And I like to have you think about just a mild, stressful situation in your life and breathe into that. And Feel as you're breathing into that, the stressful situation, your mind is opening up with the exhale to new ways of perceiving the stressful situation. And with the out-breath, just feel all the stress leave your body of that situation and clarity of all the ways that you could perceive this situation differently. And with this... Uh, You could uh, expand on this at your own time, but it's a really good reflective exercise that helps during really stressful situations. I want to talk about this amazing um, man who contributed a lot to uh, this thinking that actually is called cognitive cognitive uh, (laughs) re-changing, changing the perspective, actually changing the attitude. Viktor Frankl... Uh, is a Holocaust survivor, and in 1946 he wrote a memoir called uh, Man's Search for Meaning. And he had a lot of reason to be pretty upset in life because he uh, lost his family, he lost his pregnant wife uh, in the concentration camps, and uh, the only survivor that came out uh, of that with him was his sister. So what he did do is really write a memoir about the meaning of life. And his main message throughout his book is when all else has been taken away, man still has his last freedom. And that's the freedom to choose one's attitude in a given set of circumstances. That's really powerful when you think about it. And so I want to, um, we have a, a special guest this, this week, uh, and I met her online. I was looking for uh, a Kuan Yin statue. Kuan Yin is, is goddess of compassion. And I spent hours and hours and hours searching for this and ended up at statue.com and uh, talked with this delightful woman who answered the phone, and she was so positive. And as we kept talking more and more about her life, I realized that, wow, she knows how to, um, to really change her attitude from a life of struggle and strife to more positive. So Ann Millman um, is, is on the line. Hi, Ann. Welcome to the show. So I'm going to just share a little bit about Ann and, um, and her unique life and then ask you some more questions, Ann, if that's all right. So Ann was born in Nairobi, and, uh, and her father is British, her mother is French, 
Her mother is a daughter of a French ambassador to Kenya, and so they moved around a lot. And uh, she was born in Nairobi, lived in Uganda, Kuwait, Nairobi again, I, I, uh, Jakarta, and in college met and married uh, her husband of 23 years and had children with six children, six children together, and lived in the U.S. And after 23 years of marriage, uh, as, as uh, Anne, and how, how did you say that? He, <laughs> he had a bee in his bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> and left the family and left Anne to raise six children by herself. Um, so, Anne, how did you, how, what did you have to do after, you, after he left? You had six children. And, and what ages are, were the kids when? when well, the, my youngest um, was about uh, 10, 9 or 10 at the time. And um, I basically had to go out into the workforce and try and find myself a job, which was very hard having been you know, never out in the workforce. I was a stay-at-home mom and um, even, you know, primarily even before getting married, I was, I hadn't been out in the workforce having been lived overseas. It wasn't like, um, you know, the American kids that at the age of 16 go out and get part-time jobs. That wasn't an option for me. Um, so that was, that was pretty, pretty traumatic. Um, yeah. And I had no experience, you know, I left college uh, because I got married instead, so I never finished my college degree, and so it was, it was rather hard. I, I'll never forget getting turned down by McDonald's. Oh my God. <laughs> so, um, so, you, so you went from that situation to being a really upbeat, positive person, and so what was the, uh, what, what helped you be able to cope with uh, that time in your life and to really move into seeing life from a different perspective? Well, you know, after being mad and sad and all the usual feelings one goes through when you think that the love of your life and the man that you're going to spend the rest of your life with decides to start new, um, I figured I wasn't happy being unhappy, and um, I thought to myself that you know I have I have a choice. I have a I have three choices actually. I have a choice to continue being angry and mad and hateful. Um, I have a choice of fighting and fighting for this man that obviously didn't want me anymore. And I have a choice to be happy and go on with my life and start anew. And that's what I chose. Um, being angry was is just not who I am. And I could see that as being extremely detrimental to my children. And I didn't want them to get any of that feeling as well, mm-hmm. which it would obviously rub off. So I, I chose to, you know grab and what I've got, enjoy what I had, and move on. Well, yay. Well, there's a research on uh, that. And Sonia Lubomirsky has uh, done research on, on um, attitude and, and whether positive and happiness really comes from genetics or situation or uh, choice. And what she's found is 50% perhaps comes from, from our genes. So if we come from happy parents, then... It, it gives us a little bit of an edge. Uh, 10% really is 
is our, our situation and 40% is our choice. So it, 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 from what you were telling me in, uh, in, in our writing back and forth is that it sounds like both your parents really suffered a lot through the changes and there was some real situations happening in the world or in the places you were living that really didn't give them or give you the benefit of the happy gene. <laughs> so, um, well, I, I will elaborate a little bit on that in that, yes, they had a very hard life. Um, you know, they had a lot, very stressful life in, you know, living overseas. However, in the home, as a family, we were always happy. With each other, they were always happy. I mean, they, they are still married to this day after, in fact, they're going to be celebrating their 54th wedding anniversary. And, um, they've, they've always, we've always had a very happy home, mm-hmm. you know, it, despite what has gone on and what the stresses that have gone on, um, outside of the home. And I think that, that part is what drove me to choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and the reason I mentioned that is because you had mentioned um, some of the suffering that both your parents went through and the recoveries that they, they had. And um, one of the things that you had mentioned is um, the, the manifestations in Jakarta that you had mentioned around 1972 where your family had, um, had to, to be sequestered in the home for a few days. Would you like to speak more about that situation that happened? Yes, uh, Jakarta was a hard life uh, for my parents. It was very corrupt, and um, at the time that you're speaking, we had, I, I'm not exactly, I was too young to fully understand what ex- what exactly was going on. All I remember was there was a, um, a hatred towards anything Japanese and um, pretty much white people as well, and um, so we we could not go out unless it was in you know, well, us kids definitely couldn't go out. My dad tried to go out, um, but, you know, in hiding. And uh, we, my mom couldn't go to the grocery shop, so we had our um, driver go for us and everything like that. And it was, it was probably three or four days that went on. It might have gone on longer, but it, it, was, it seemed, in, you know, retrospect, it was probably only three or four days that... Um, that must have been very hard for my mom and dad because they had three girls, you know, three girls to worry about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and then you were talking about some of the other situations. I really appreciated you sharing the story with me. That I'd like you to share with the listeners about what happened uh, during the coup in um, nine, 1979 with, in Nairobi. With, yeah, where uh, with the with the uh, militia asking you yeah. to lay on the ground. Oh yeah, that was that was pretty horrific. That was um, we had just come back from a lovely holiday in Greece, and um, we were driving back home. At, uh, well, we had a driver driving us back home, luckily, and um, all of a sudden there's shooting in the streets, and everybody's yelling to get out of the car, and you know, life flat on the median, and they were telling us not to move, and you know, just really scaring us and staring at us, especially us because we were girls. We were 17, 18 around that time. And um, luckily, uh, the driver that had been driving us was, he was a part of it, but he knew my dad through work 
and he told them, don't touch these people. These are my friends. Don't touch them. So we got left alone and not harassed too much. Um, but it was, it was definitely scary. I mean, I don't know what would have happened if we hadn't had this driver. I mean, it was mm-hmm. thanks to him that we were left alone and um, able to go back to, to our home. Yeah. Um, you well, know, I, it would be um, really thanks to the kindness of your family, it sounds like. We talked about, in last week's show, we talked about kindness and the importance that kindness has and the powerful impact that kindness can have. And it sounds like with the kindness from your family that even though this driver was part of that group, he uh, recognized the kindness there and, and, yes. and uh, helped you out. So there's a lot of grace yes. with that. So how, how wonderful is that? Yeah, because um, obviously he must have liked my dad. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so um, I mean, you just sound amazing that you, you know, raising six kids, you know, in, in, in on your own, starting at a job, really having to move forward in your life and change your attitude. Most people, as you were saying earlier, there's a lot of different choices that you could have chose. And, and you could have chose to, to beg, for, you know, for the relationship to stay, or you could have chosen to be remorseful. And a lot of times we choose that in our life. Um, but how wonderful for you to choose really to be more positive and to, 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 get, to get going with that. Uh, Victor Frankl talks about that one way that really helps us ha- have, uh, handle hard things is to have meaning in our life. And uh, we're going to have a break shortly, but if you could talk for a minute uh, about really the meaning the meaningfulness that was going on, what helped you really move forward? Um, I, prob- I, I would definitely have to say my children made me move forward. You know, the, the health of my children, the mental health of my children. Um, I have seen too many times where divorces are bitter and angry and hateful and the children grow up to be adults with that attitude and that was something that I abhorred you know Mm -hmm. I feel I want my children to be loving you know I don't want them to be scarred by my reaction to the divorce or by my hate you know and they would have been Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. as a result now you know with my oldest being 30 and my second being 28 I mean that they are very loving um, to a lot of people, to everybody, and very helpful and very kind, very kind kids. Yeah, wonderful. Um, well, we're going um, to uh, have a break, and if anyone has any questions after the break uh, for Anne, uh, please feel free to call in at 888-346-9141, and love to hear your sharing or your questions, and Anne will be here after the break. Thank you. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You deserve to live the life you are meant to live. Your struggles can become the pathway to gratitude and the joy of living. The true voice of your inner you is longing to be heard by you again. Gain greater tools and awareness. The adventure is just beginning. 
Janice Darrow invites you to visit www.JaniceDarrow.com to learn more about the exciting work she's doing as an intuitive empowerment guide, vision board facilitator, workshop leader, and inspirational speaker. Your path begins with a single step. That's JaniceDarrow.com. J-A-N-E-S-E-D-E-R-R-O-U-G-H.com. Do you think about losing weight and living a healthier life? Are you ready to make a change but don't know where to start? Then you need to know about The Inner Way, a life-transforming inspirational DVD that will teach you how to change your thinking and change your life. Using the law of attraction, The Inner Way will explain why we become what we think about most and show you how to start attracting the things you truly want in life. The Inner Way is an exercise plan for your mind. Experts like Bob Proctor and Gay Hendricks will guide you through an abundant variety of tools to help you remap your thinking and start focusing on living the life you were meant to live. If weight loss and health always seem to be on your to-do list, you can get started today by visiting TheInnerWay.com. That's www.TheInnerWeigh.com. Watch the trailer, read the reviews, and discover why people are calling The Inner Way a film that everyone should watch. It's time to take that step toward the you that you were meant to be. It's time to experience The Inner Way. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. tuned in to Living the Best You with your host, Janice Darrow. To reach our show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That number again is 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to JaniceLD at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to Living the Best You. Hi, my name is Janice Darrow, and uh, we have a special guest on, Ann Millman. Hi, Ann. Hi, Janice. So uh, if anyone has a question for Anne while we have her here, so, um, please call in at 888-346-9141. So Anne, I um, really am appreciating how you're talking about um, how your life was and that you struggled uh, in the outer way, but inwardly you really chose to have a different attitude. You know, there's a research that's been, there's a lot of research that's been done on this. And one research that was done was um, they had uh, students do self-affirmations before tests. They had two groups. One group of students did self-affirmations that they were really um, able to handle the test, that even though they felt the stress, they recognized the stress. And uh, the other group was left to do whatever. And what they found was the group that did the positive self-affirmations actually did do better than the other group. And so they find that it's, it's not about ignoring, and I really want to make this uh, important or clear, it's not about ignoring the feelings. And it doesn't sound like you did that, Anne, that you didn't no. ignore them. Um, it's really about changing the perspective on how you're viewing the situation and, um, you know, there's a difference between changing the attitude and ignoring or suppressing. And uh, would you like to speak a little bit about that for yourself there? Well, I, 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 I'm a firm believer that your attitude is directly connected to your well-being. In other words, 
I cannot say that I've been sick a day in my life, and I think part of that is because I have a positive attitude on a lot of a lot of aspects of my life. If if I feel down for a little bit for one reason or another, um, you know, I I sit down and think I don't like this, and the more I feel you know, sad or unhappy or whatever, the worse I feel as, a, as a, you know, my well-being. Mm-hmm. And um, so I go out and physically go out and change it, whether it's walk around the block or break some leaves or go talk to a friend or, you know, look at the flowers growing, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, little things will make me happy, which is, <laughs> my friends kind of make me, you know, joke about it, but I'll get ecstatic about a flower growing in the grass I haven't seen before, you know, but those little things I feel are important to me. Uh, well, they're, they're actually, um, it, that, that's a really good point because there, there's been a lot of studies about happiness and what does that mean and, and how does, uh, and our culture is very big on happiness uh, mm-hmm. entertainment and happiness. And what they've really found, and, and um, speak a little bit about this with um, what you're talking about, they found that there's two different kinds of happiness. There's what they call eudaimonic, um, and that's really about uh, well-being, and it's really about having a meaning in life. It's more of an inward sense of Peace and inward, relying on the inward to feel good about. So you're talking about the flower and the preciousness of the flower. And we woke up with really beautiful snow today. <laughs> um, that looked really <laughs> gorgeous here. And uh, but it's uh, so so it's like you know taking those in as a real preciousness. The other level of happiness that they talk about is called hedonic, and that's really relying on external sources of things to make you happy. And even though we could say a flower is external, it's really your way of viewing that flower or the way that the snow looked, the way I'm viewing it, instead of expecting the flower to make you happy or the snow to make me happy. Yes. Or or sad, depending on the perspective, (laughs) since we're already in spring. Um, so, so yeah, I, um, really appreciate that and, uh, reading that because what they found in the study is that people who have, um, a high level of eudaimonic really actually showed, uh, greater immune system, that there were higher levels of, of stronger level of, of immune system and low levels of inflammatory gene expression. And what they found is, yeah, and what they also found in this study, it's a very uh, fascinating study, what they also found is those who really rely on the hedonic well-being actually showed the opposite. They had an adverse expression involving high inflammation and uh, lower antibodies, lower immune system. So not only is the way we perceive our life important for uh, our attitude and how we feel and what you're talking about being ecstatic over a flower. Uh, um, it's also important for our health and well-being and, and strengthening our immune system. Right. Yeah, a friend of mine put it very succinctly in that he said, don't look at me to make you happy. You have to be happy for you. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was, you know... When you use uh, things, material things, and 
you look to other people solely to make you happy, that actually ends up being very stressful. Right, yeah. Um, whereas if you, you, you find your happiness within yourself, whether it's seeing a flower grow, whether it's watching puppies running around in the field or whatever it is just around you, not actually physically searching for it, but enjoying just life, I think you end up being a lot more content, a lot more at peace with yourself. Mm -hmm. But I really want to talk about um, something important that you had mentioned, that when when your husband left, your Mm -hmm. ex-husband... Uh, left you, you went through a lot of anger and grief. And, um, and, and you know, I really feel uh, that that's important for us to, to, uh, to hear and to know because oftentimes people relate heavy emotions to something to try to ignore, to go and enjoy the flowers. So what I'm hearing you say is that you let your feelings be authentic and real while you allowed yourself to really enjoy simple things at the same time. It's, is that, am I hearing you correctly with that? To a certain extent, what I, what I'm, what I chose was that I, I went through the normal feelings of um, anger and all the rest of it, but I chose not to dwell on it and not to let that overtake my life. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's, it's not to ignore those feelings of negativity, it's just not to continue living there. Right. Yeah. Well, that's um, that's that's helpful for for all of us, you know, in life because we get caught up with either dwelling. I know sometimes uh, we want to push away the feelings. It's like, okay, this is too much, and and uh, or we want to really end up just wallowing it. <laughs> Yeah, moderation is the key in everything, isn't it? (laughs) Well, and I think that also when you talk about the eudaimonic and the the hedonic, there's puppies in the background. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When you talk about the eudaimonic and the hedonic, and the hedonic is really about pleasure. It's about what we want for ourselves, whereas eudaimonic is about more of meaning and contributing to the well-being. And when you were talking about when uh, your family meant everything, it was really about your children. That's coming from that was meaningful and your meaning and you really put emphasis on that. Um, but we were also talking about balance. And so finding the balance between really having the meaning in life and also uh, ourselves is, I think, an important key that oftentimes gets ignored, especially with a family. Um, I was raising five kids and you have six. How do you find that balance between giving to all six of your children's needs along with um, now you're in a newfound, at that time, a newfound life, and how did you find that balance for yourself? Um, good question. I'm not, I'm not sure. I think it just came about. I think I, you know, I... The kids go to school, and you know they're not with me anymore twenty four seven you know, so I managed to take care of me too during that time um, they they are they are part of my life, and they are part of what makes me happy, but you know I've raised them to be independent, so I know right now that they will be leaving. 
but I, I, I don't choose on making that as being something sad. Mm-hmm. I choose on thinking that is like, it's going to be another adventure. They're going to leave. I'll be on my own and I'll find something else to do. I'll find something else to fulfill my life, to focus on. And it might even be them in the future. It might be an opportunity to travel or... Um, you, you grandbabies. <laughs> grandbabies, as long as I'm not watching them full time. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what I was... Uh, in this last weekend, you were out motor, taking motorcycle lessons. Yes. <laughs> so that's, that's just real fun. <laughs> well, I... Um, it's wonderful that you're sharing about uh, just your your transformation, and uh, it sounds like right now you're also dealing with some um, struggle around your parents living so far away and not being in their their health and wellness. Yes, yes. My dad's got Alzheimer's and he's not doing very well, and my mom, um, bless her heart, has got lymphoma. She's got cancer. Um, in stage four and there's nothing to be done for her either so unfortunately we try I try and be there on a daily basis by phone but it is hard you know to not be able to just knock on the door and say hey how are you you know um is there anything I can do for you Mm -hmm. um I, I do envy that part but it doesn't make me it, it I don't dwell on it because there's I can't change it that's right. not something I can change. Um, and it's definitely not something my parents would want me to change. Because I have offered, you know, to uproot every, everything, move back to England, look after them. Um, they said, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so the point that I, I really like that you just, just brought up is uh, that there's nothing you can do about it. And that's what I know for me has helped me a lot of times is really looking at it, you know, the serenity prayer that's so popular in the 12-step oh my gosh, yes. program. You know, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to know the difference. Oh, uh, wait. <laughs> yes. uh, Grant me the serenity <laughs> to accept the things I cannot change and the courage um, to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Yes. And it is really that simple if we look at everything as like, can we change this? If the answer is no, it's about really breathing in and letting it go and changing the perspective that we were talking about earlier. It's just like rephrasing, uh, seeing it from a bigger perspective and mm-hmm. what, and that's what it sounds like you've been doing. Um, yeah, I, mean, that, that I, I definitely, even though I'm not, you know, I, I wasn't taught that, because you're taught that through AA meetings. I think a friend of mine uh, recited it once, and I thought that is exactly what I go through, mm-hmm. you know, what I think about. Can I change this? Is it something that's, you know, is it possible? Or do I have to let it go and move on? Yeah, well, I, I think it's in most of the twelve-step gro- groups, and it's it's quite uh, wonderful for all of us, no matter whether we're in a twelve-step group or not, to really look at life from that way. Yeah. So um, we're we're gonna we're gonna have a break in a minute, and um, I, I just want to thank you for being on the show. And um, and so after the break, I'm just going to go ahead and, and talk a little bit about, more about uh, some of this and uh, take on some questions from our listeners. 
And so, um, Anne, I want to thank you for being a guest on the show. And um, you keep on loving up life the way you are. Thank you for thank sharing you your great wisdom. We appreciate you a lot. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you for having me on the show. That was wonderful. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You deserve to live the life you are meant to live. Your struggles can become the pathway to gratitude and the joy of living. The true voice of your inner you is longing to be heard by you again. Gain greater tools and awareness. The adventure is just beginning. Janice Darrow invites you to visit www.JaniceDarrow.com to learn more about the exciting work she's doing as an intuitive empowerment guide, vision board facilitator, workshop leader, and inspirational speaker. Your path begins with a single step. That's JaniceDarrow.com. J-A-N-E-S-E-D-E-R-R-O-U-G-H.com. Do you think about losing weight and living a healthier life? Are you ready to make a change but don't know where to start? Then you need to know about The Inner Way, a life-transforming inspirational DVD that will teach you how to change your thinking and change your life. Using the law of attraction, The Inner Way will explain why we become what we think about most and show you how to start attracting the things you truly want in life. The Inner Way is an exercise plan for your mind. Experts like Bob Proctor and Gay Hendricks will guide you through an abundant variety of tools to help you remap your thinking and start focusing on living the life you were meant to live. If weight loss and health always seem to be on your to-do list, you can get started today by visiting TheInnerWay.com. That's www.TheInnerWeigh.com. Watch the trailer, read the reviews, and discover why people are calling The Inner Way a film that everyone should watch. It's time to take that step toward the you that you were meant to be. It's time to experience The Inner Way. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. tuned in to Living the Best You with your host, Janice Darrow. To reach our show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That number again is 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to JaniceLD at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to Living the Best You. Hi, my name is Janice Darrow, and you're listening to Living the Best You. Um... I love that jingle. <laughs> I'm probably going to listen to it the rest of the day in my mind. Um, that was Ann Millman, and uh, we appreciate Ann having been on the show and shared uh, her attitude change that really helped her cope and uh, move through some pretty difficult times in life, and we all can have uh, share stories about that. One of the things that I have found for me that has been really life-changing is... Um, I really had um, a very struggling time in my teenage years, early 20s, and put myself in a a, uh, rehab for alcohol. I've been sober 32 years. And when I was in this eight-month-long program, um, oftentimes I found myself wanting to blame everybody, everybody for how miserable my life was. And uh, one of the things that they kept 
really emphasizing for me is, well, who picked up the drink? And I'd say, well, yeah, but well, it doesn't matter because, you know, mom did this, dad did this, you know, the dog did this, you know, what, whatever reason I could find of why I felt like I wanted to be a victim in my life. And one day a light bulb went on for me and, uh, and I realized that, that I wasn't a victim, that I, it, it really, as an adult, I'm in charge of my choices and decisions on how I want to live my life. And that was the beginning really, and that was 32 years ago, over 32 years ago, that was the beginning of this long chapter of a wonderful uh, process of really learning that I am really responsible uh, for my life. And Viktor Frankl, we've talked about him today, he actually uh, makes a comment that really, when we really put meaning onto our suffering and when we think about it from different perspectives, it's really no longer suffering that we rise above it. So um, I, I really found that my rising above and really looking at my life and looking that I had to really build my life, that it was really up to me that it wasn't going to land on my lap, that it was a day at a time and a lot of love. Uh, and we talked last week about preciousness and how precious we are and a lot of really learning to love me. And uh, I think it's a lifelong journey for all of us um, that, we, that we are. So it's been really helpful um, to really learn that uh, I'm, I'm in charge of rowing my boat, that no one else can make my life really what it is. I would love questions. So if anybody wants to call in or share a story, because we all many have stories uh, stories to share that are really about our making choices to really look at life from a different perspective. Um, Because suffering does happen. It's happening all around us. And I know all we have to do is read the news and and uh, that, that could be really discouraging. Or, um, and, and it's really about, uh, one of the ways that's helped me really is reading and learning more about how kindness, how gratitude, how changing your perspective really affects the brain um, and affects the, pod, the body. Because when you think about it, the more that we really are uh, doing these actions, it's like our, our ev- evolution, our brain, our higher brain is, is coming into more, uh, they call it vagal, vagal tone, you know, the vagal, uh, the vagus nerve works with that and it moves through the whole body. And what happens with it, it's, a, it's connected to the network of oxytocin. We talked about oxytocin neuropeptide uh, last, last week. But what happens is the more that we practice these uh, ways of being and it affects physically our brain, our body, then we are increasing and improving evolution of working with the higher mind or the newer parts of our brain and not just coming from the limbic part, which is all about reactivity or they call it the lizard brain. And it's really about um, instinct and reaction. So it's, it's been really a fascinating process of, of really seeing that not only is this about really being positive um, and, and, and kind, uh, but, but it's also affecting our body, our health, our well-being. And uh, what, what they're saying is, is that um, the, the 
<clears throat> the well-being, the well-being of us really, you know, the happier the body you're feeling in your body, you know, the more you're going to want to show up in life. They're showing that people that are more positive, that are really having uh, more of inner inner locus of control is about really you feeling in control, they, they find that there's actually more success in, in their lives, success financially or success with love and friendship, that there's more success with that. So if you're, if you're really struggling in your life and you're really feeling like right now, um, life is just really hard, it's really hard to get a uh, positive attitude, then it's, um, it's really... Uh, important to to move forward. It looks like we do have a caller in uh, with a question, Geraldine from North Carolina. Hi, Geraldine. Hi, Janice. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for that wonderful um, guest. That was really inspirational. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your gratitude ritual. Give us some ideas of what do you do when you get up in the morning or, you know, can you help outline some ideas because I believe in what you're saying, I just need to put it into practice? That is an excellent question. I, um, I, I do, I, I do, do, <laughs> I do <laughs> gratitudes, um, yeah, gratitudes in the morning before I even get out of bed. And that's what's really helped to me. And I find that sometimes uh, there's days uh, throughout the day that I might really feel frustrated. And I might even just feel grateful only about one small part, like the fact that I have a healthy body or that I can see. So sometimes it's important to start with little things um, and to really look at your life from that. And if it's hard, because sometimes when we're in these really hard spaces, it's hard to find anything to be grateful for. Uh, you could start looking at what would happen if, you know, do you have a, a roof over your, your head? Do you have food in in your stomach? Are you you know, healthy, can you walk? You know, if you, if you can't walk, um, you know, what, what other things that benefit you? Um, so I really feel like it's about looking at your life from that. There's also a difference between gratitude and appreciation. I was just talking to someone recently about this. She asked me, what's the difference between gratitude and appreciation? And I feel like appreciation's more about inward, from an inward sense of quality, the same as we were talking about meaning in life. So it's about, do you appreciate yourself? Are you appreciating it's more from a heartfelt place, whereas gratitude might be more external and about things, like I'm grateful for my home, I'm grateful for my friends, I'm grateful for that. But appreciation's more heartfelt and from a... a loving from the heart space. And so I really feel like a combination of both of them are important. Is that, has that helped answer your question? So yeah, what I that's, do. That's yeah. right. That's really helpful. And then, um, you know, just any ideas of how you put the idea into practice is, is what I'm looking for. And that's very helpful. Yes. Yeah. So I lay, I lay down, um, I, I, when I'm laying down in bed, I really just kind of, 
uh, I call them appreciations or gratitudes. And I really just say I'm so grateful for, and I'm so grateful for Geraldine from North Carolina. (laughs) 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 And I'm so grateful for all the listeners here. I'm so grateful to have a voice to be able to do this and to really Hmm. share. Mm -hmm. Um, so, So really just running a list of gratitudes. I'm grateful for water. I'm grateful for the air. I'm grateful for... Uh, the snow this morning that I woke up with. And so it's just like seeing life that way because we could actually do the opposite. We could make a list of uh, oomphies, you know, things that we're feeling oomph about. Uh-huh. <laughs> or I use, I made up a word a long time ago with my kids because I didn't want to swear. I call it ukulalis. And so ukulalis <laughs> are the yuckies, you know. So we could, uh, and we often do throughout the day make a list of our ukulalis without even realizing it. So that's an important point, Geraldine, because the more we really get into practice of gratitudes and appreciations, the less um, our subconscious will have the the ukulele's in control. Okay. Well, and that's what, for me, what it boils down to is just getting in the habit of, and if, you know, maybe it's one day, it's one minute, and then I remember the next day it might be two minutes, and then it turns into five minutes of appreciation and gratitude, and, you know, always combining my breathing with that seems to help, too, but um, Mm -hmm. I liked what you said about just first thing in the morning before you even get out of bed. Well, so tell me what you're grateful for. We'll have you do this. You'll have you, okay. you'll, you'll, We'll have you show us what you're grateful for. Oh, okay. Well, I'm definitely grateful for Denise. This radio program is wonderful. I listened to last week, and I'm, I really appreciate this week. Um, Thanks. <laughs> Um, well, this is this is going to sound funny, but the power of the internet. And you know, I'm not a techie. I'm not somebody who really even appreciates it on the one hand. But what I am able to find the research projects that you were just talking about, I'm so appreciative of people who do research and can share it online. These kinds of radio programs, images that I want to research, and just to have this global world at my fingertips. Appreciate yeah. that. Um, but yeah, once again, bringing it back home, the snow, my garden, being home. <laughs> I've just been traveling. It's so nice to be home. Um, golly, my family, my children, my husband, my um, friends, my circle of friends, uh, my ability to do things, my brain, being able to walk and um, this exchange with you. Um. Well, you're good at this, Geraldine. <laughs> you're asking me. I think you've mastered this. <laughs> but it's just getting in that habit of doing it. You know, first thing in the morning, remembering. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, that's great. That That's just really wonderful. So, um, well, thank you. I hope this answered your question. I think you it demonstrated did. the question a lot <laughs> here, so I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks. So I um that that was wonderful, Geraldine. I appreciate your question and your uh your masterful way of doing gratitudes. And um and so thank you for doing that. So we um I I wanna I wanna have a quote here. I wanna say this quote from um I'm really appreciating Victor Frankl. I mean, if you think about the horrendous life he lived, and there's a really um, 
there's a article about him if you want to read more. And I, I do have it on my Living the Best You show by Denise Darrow Facebook page. Um, but it's called This Man Faced Unimaginable Suffering and then wrote the definitive book about happiness. And, um, and he has a quote that says, those who have a why to live can bear almost any how. And that brings us back to the gratitudes of really being grateful because those gratitudes and what we're looking at our life from that perspective will give us more meaning, more of the why on how and why to live. And that feels very important. Um, so uh, as we're coming to a close of the show, we have a wonderful guest next week, Nancy Collier. Uh, she's an author of Inviting a Monkey to Tea, Befriending Your Mind, and Discovering Lasting Contentment. Uh, she has a, a current article in uh, Psychology Today, and it's Are You Feeding on Your Pain Past Its Expiration Date? And uh, she will be giving us some really wonderful, great wisdom uh, sharing. She's also uh, has written quite a few articles for Psychology Today and for... Um, Huffington Post. So if you are wanting to read uh, some of her great wisdom uh, before she comes on the show, she will be on the show next week. So she is, um, she sounds very delightful. I've read some of her, her stuff and it's really good. So thank you for coming to the show. And again, uh, if you do have questions through the week, about some of the things that we've talked about in the first show and the second show, you can email me at j-a-n-e-s-e-l-d at gmail.com. And I appreciate all that you contribute, even just with your, your being, um, your presence and being wonderful support. And uh, may you have a delightful week. And I'll see you next week. Bye. We appreciate you joining us for this week's edition of Living the Best You with Janice Darrow. Please tune in again next Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, get ready to have the best time of your life.